Oh, welcome to a special Speed Freak Scat for a few minutes. I'm the Stat Man, and my guest is Tinsley Hughes, a former NASCAR team owner and a man who's been committed to motorsports since he was a child, living next door to Virginia International Raceway. Tinsley Hughes, welcome. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Uh, before we get into the meat of our conversation, you told me a story about you and uh, what you did with a, a new car that you bought home from the 240Z store. Tell me that story again. I laughed uh, even thinking about it after we were finished talking earlier. <laughs> okay, my first car, a 240Z. Um, I purchased the car and went immediately to VRR Racetrack and to try it out because it was next door to our farm. And it, it, I, I assume that you uh, did more than just try it out. You probably uh, rung it out pretty good, didn't you? I had lots of fun. <laughs> lots of fun. <laughs> lots of fun. That, that's You're only allowed, anybody that's going to make racing a career and a business uh, is going to have fun behind something as nice as a 240Z. Uh, Let's talk about the NASCAR throwback weekend, honoring at least a part of its history, uh, but minimizing, uh, in my estimation, you may be, you may think I'm wrong about this, but minimizing contributions from black drivers and team owners like you, Sam Bell, Navis, Steve Dixon, Wendell Scott, some of those contributions were left to white drivers to remember. What do you think about what's happening with the uh, NASCAR throwback weekend well i'm actually very proud of it uh and especially for the and that team or our team um they did a great job with the color uh a little tidbit of information historical information that was officially the first rainbow race car hmm. we got laughed at because we painted the car to match the glidden paint bucket the entire car that's why you have all the colors on it. And it was called the rainbow car. So you had a chance to uh, uh, precede uh, Jeff Gordon and his rainbow car, the rainbow warriors. Well, we, we all shared in it. I wouldn't say necessarily preceded, but we, uh, we had a lot of fun with it. Hmm. A lot of fun. The, uh, a lot of racing fun. You, you had a, uh, uh, drivers such as Mike Skinner, Carl Long, Ron Hornaday Jr., and even three-time NASCAR and Winston Cup champion Daryl Waltrip, they all drove for you. Uh, did, did, let me ask you the obvious question from the media. Do you have a favorite amongst those drivers? All of our mansion drivers were favorites. Even James Bolton, he drove for us in the um, ARCA series. That may not be a familiar name, but he did a great job in the ARCA series. And of course, we had uh, Carl. He's doing the, uh, we want to thank Carl personally uh, for his uh, throwback of the uh, Mansion Race Car, number 13. Let me go back to what uh, my initial announcement of you. I didn't plan to ask you this, but I called you a former NASCAR team owner. Do you consider yourself a team owner now? You don't have a car on the track in I don't in NASCAR, and I don't think in ARCA. Uh, do you consider yourself a team owner now, just on the sidelines for a bit? Once a NASCAR team owner, always a NASCAR team owner. <laughs> Once a racer, 
Always a racer. Yep. From the very That's the perfect answer right there. Once a once a cup driver, always a cup driver. Actually, any driver, retired or not. Why do you think we're having a throwback? That's what it's all about. So do you think you're going to uh, be back on the track with another program soon? I got three grandchildren. That's your answer right there. <laughs> Hold on to your hat, sir. How old are your grandkids? Am I going to have to wait a year, two years, five years? Well, they're nine years old, but you know, you can hop in a lake mall now, 13, 14, 15 years old. So hold on to your hats. All right. So we might see Tinsley Hughes out there again. That's that's one. Not Mike. Will. You will. All right. That's fair. That's more than fair. I'd look forward to that. You worked with marketing executive Sam Bell Navis to form BH Motorsports, even developing a partnership with Hendrick Motorsports. Uh, BH Motorsports fielded uh, cars in the Cup Series back, way back in 1989. You founded an academy to develop drivers from the inner city. What happened to all that effort? Well, it's just work funding. Uh, we first, when you're talking about racing, we first have to talk about sponsorship, advertising, and funding. That's the key to it. You have to have the contracts in place. You have to have your contracts in place. That's first and foremost. The same thing Brad and I, Brad talked about in his um, piece. The article yeah. on your Facebook page, yeah. That's exactly right. Uh, what Michael Jordan is doing, checking all the boxes. Checking all the boxes, having sponsorship having factory back support. That's important. The racing is racing is different than the other stick and ball sports. There's no league. There's no revenue sharing. There's no commitment to making sure everyone is financially viable to support the entire system, the entire industry. Uh, did established owners embrace your presence when you came into the garage as a team owner? Yes, sir. We got support from uh, Hendrix, Petty, a couple of the other drivers, uh, team owners. How did that Hendrick partnership work out for BH Motorsports? Well, we purchased uh, pieces, parts, race engines, or uh, even race cars from Hendrick. That was before NASCAR's charter system where uh, you can share, you have satellite teams and everything. Uh, would that be different? If you did that today, uh, had uh, charter programs today? Well, somewhat. Uh, for instance, uh, Mike and Denny, Mike, Michael Jordan, Denny Hamilton, they have a partnership with Joe Gibbs, which is somewhat similar. They are basically a satellite team or in that position. And I had a long standing relationship with uh, Rick and uh, Papa Joe Hendrick, he was uh, Rick's dad. And uh, Jeff, a couple of the guys over there. So we had long-term working relationships with those guys. And actually before that uh, relationship was formed, I had the opportunity to purchase uh, equipment from Hendrick. And where it really starts is with the advertisers, media buyers. Uh, for instance, uh, Brian, Allen, Byron Allen. He's making great strides right now. We'll have a new system in place before long. 
See, first we got to get into the system, the business system, and get to the contracts. You can't work without a contract. When I say contract, you got have to have the advertising, the media buyers. NASCAR's charter system allows owners to buy into the industry uh, and, and share cost with an established team and compete right away. I mean, some teams don't even have to buy a new shop. They can uh, work within the shop at Hendrick Motorsports, for example. Uh, will that make the sport sustainable from a business standpoint? Will that help you when you come back online uh, to maybe buy in, uh, spend $10, and you'll be able to get back into the industry a lot cheaper than starting all over from the beginning. Yes, sir. That's what it's all about. Not only the charter system, but the next-gen car. See, all those are attempts, hopefully successful attempts, to make the sport more economical. What's it cost to buy into the charter system? It varies. Uh, uh, it's gone anywhere probably from three to five to eight million. Depends on the situation is. Some drivers come with satchels of cash to get team owners' attention. Anyone, anyone ever drop a, a sack of money on your desk when you were a team owner and uh, wanted to buy their way into your team? No, sir. As with, uh, another little tidbit of history. Most of our racing, uh, Pete Dixon and myself, was uh, self-funded. We had some sponsorship, but I would say what we got accomplished, 95% of it was self-funded. Tribute to Thee. Thee was, he did more than his fair share. Thee Dixon. Yes, he did more than his fair share. And that's part of the, uh, that's part of the celebration that Carl Long had in the uh, throwback weekend was celebrating Mansion Motorsports and Thee Dixon. That's correct, sir. And that is were, correct. You were Dixon's partner in yes, Mansion Motorsports. Yes, sir. So let's talk about today. We celebrate Daryl Wallace. I, it's very difficult for me to call him Bubba, but I even saw where his mom calls him Bub, but uh, I'd still want to call him Daryl Wallace. Uh, but his background isn't usual. He comes from an interracial family. His father uh, is white and in, had an industrial cleaning company. Uh, there are rumors he spent as much as a million dollars to get Daryl's uh, career launched toward NASCAR. Uh, that's a common story among new drivers, isn't it? New drivers and old drivers. Finally, is Daryl Wallace the future of diversity in NASCAR? Uh, will someone else get a chance if Wallace doesn't become a star, if he doesn't win races? Do we need a driver who can uh, uh, be the star? What about people in the crew, a crew chief, somebody on the box? What's He's put a crack in the ceiling. Will there be more people coming in to NASCAR through his uh, example and effort. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. It may be a little bit slower than we want, but it's definitely coming. And we thank um, Daryl for all this work. We thank Thee Dixon. We thank um, all the other past drivers and team owners for what they've done in the past. Brad Daughter, he's been a 
of a powerful person in the sport. He's been very successful. I imagine it's been very difficult for him, right? Yes, sir. It's been difficult for Brad. Uh, it's been difficult for Brian France. He's the owner of NASCAR. Uh, it's been difficult for myself. As a matter of fact, Brad and um, Brian started a diversity uh, council that I was fortunate to be a child a member of. And um, I, that helped to move the needle back in the uh, late 90s, early 2000s, the NASCAR Executive Council. And uh, Brad uh, was very in instrumental in that and very committed. He did a lot of things behind the scenes and in front to move the needle. See, you have to have a, a little bit of aggressive patience to be involved in racing. Wait a minute. Aggressive patience. I've never heard that before. <laughs> aggressive. Does that come from your military background or from your racing background? Aggressive patience. You got to explain that. Give me some background on that aggressive <laughs> We have a lot of fun in racing. That's like being on a chip. You got to know how close to get on that chip to make that car drive well. Aggressive patience. So you got the long, again, the long term. This is not one off. You can't talk about it just for today. You got to look past the hour, the minute, the hour, the day, and the year. You got to always be out in front, one, two, three, four, five, ten years ahead of time. Uh, what's the grid going to look like five years from now? Will Tinsley Hughes have a team out there with your grandkids, Lewis Hamilton? Will, will, <laughs> will there be uh, seriously? Will there be uh, some black drivers under the Tinsley Hughes banner uh, on the grid uh, five years from now, ten years from now? Well, it may be all of the above, what we just talked about. That's the that's the long-term goal, not the one-off, the long-term goal. Tinsley Hughes, thank you. I appreciate your time. Uh, aggressive patience. I want to remember that. That's gonna that's going down in the uh, in my notes. I want to remember that from my uh, from now on. Thanks, partner. Thank you. It's been fun. Thank you.